Hello, and welcome to the New Hope Church Podcast. Whether you are a member of our church family, either in person or online, or just checking us out for the first time, we believe that you belong here at New Hope Church, and we hope that this message speaks to you today. Don't forget to check us out online at newhopechurch.tv, and we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome to New Hope Church, Alvin Webster, Friendswood, 288i Campus. Happy 4th of July. We doing good? Good to see everybody. Enjoy the barbecue and celebrate our country. Praise God for our country. Praise the Lord. Um, man, as you're celebrating today with your family, just remind ourselves, we are blessed to live where we are. We are blessed. We are blessed. Let's keep praying for our country. We continue to find Jesus and our, pray for our government that they'll continue to lead us in the way that Scripture calls us to lead. Uh, while you're celebrating, my family, we're going to be celebrating uh, January 1st. We're expecting our third child. So we're expecting number three. I'm officially outnumbered, so pray for me. But man, we are excited. Me and Laura, we are blessed um, to be expecting our third kid and, and maybe a little New Year's Eve baby. We'll see. Uh, but we are in our series, Bible BFS, talking about friendships in Scripture. And uh, we're going to be talking today about pride. And as you know, pride can make you do dangerous things. You're at the gym, and you're going to pick up the 15, and then someone starts standing behind you. All of a sudden, you pick up the 30. You're like, I still got it. Or you're you're passing by a basketball court, and you see some young teenagers playing, and they start kind of talking mess, and you're like, I can do this. And you know your hamstring's going to give out. You know it's not going to go well, but you go out there anyways. Or you have Buffalo Wild Wings and you start bragging about the glory days when you used to handle the hottest uh, wings they had, no problems. And then someone says the magic words of, bet you can't do it now. And then before you know it, you've got a plate of the hottest wings they got and you know you're going to regret it. But you eat it anyways, right? It's all about pride. Pride can make us do dangerous things. Pride can make us ignore problems in our marriage when the warning signs are flashing, our addiction spiraling out of control, but we don't ask for help. We put on a good front. Our marriage needs help, our kids need help, or people reach out and say, hey, you need something, and we turn it down. We say everything's fine. Pride. Pride can make us do dangerous things. And in our series, we're gonna be talking about friendships in scripture and how we can apply that to our life today. And today, we're going to be looking at two different names, Elijah and Elisha. Very similar. So I'm going to do my best to pronounce the J and the S so you don't get confused. Um, but Elijah mentored Elisha. Um, a little trick, if you want to know how to keep this track, the J comes before the S in the alphabet, correct? I was not very confident in the answer. The J comes before the S in the alphabet. So Elijah mentored Elisha, okay? And... The key thing we see in this mentoring relationship, there's one key trend that we're going to be focusing on today, and it's this. They chose humility over what? We choose humility even when the world is promoting, encourages, egotistical, self-centered, self-consumed, get ahead, focus on me, myself, and I. We choose humility. I was actually, uh, this the other day, there was a fight, a boxing fight between Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul. Don't worry about it if you didn't know. Uh, it wasn't worth it. I didn't pay for it, but I saw the post-fight interview of Floyd Mayweather. And y'all, I was watching it, 
And I was just blown away because, like, this epitomizes seeking after money, prideful, uh, man, finding your identity in the dollar. Uh, and so I went and got my wife. I was like, listen to this. And so I want to show you just an excerpt from his post-fight interview that I think encompasses all of this. He said this, when I come up here and sit down, before I can even walk out to the arena, before I can walk out there, I've made a million dollars. Just sitting in the dressing room, I made a million dollars. Then he said this, they say it's not all about the money. Well, your kids can't eat legacy. They can eat off the currency. Self-centered pride. And probably the worst part was when I was sitting there, I'm looking at the comments and like, that's my dream. I want to be just like you. You're my idol, which is just completely backwards, right? When culture demands one thing, we stand on God's truth. We stand on what scripture says. You want to know what scripture says? Here's the truth. God opposes the what? The proud, but shows favor to the humble. God poses those who puff themselves up and shows favor to those who dial themselves back. You want to know what God's will is for your life? Get humble. You want to see God move in powerful ways more than you ever thought possible? Get humble. You want to have freedom from addiction, restoration in your marriage? Get humble. When the world tells us to be prideful, we follow God's word and we get humble. Amen? Okay, let me get to our people today. Here's Elijah. We're going to be in 1 Kings 18. Um, really cool. I've loved, I've been around at all of our campuses recently. I love people bringing their Bible. Love it. Um, there's nothing more powerful than diving into God's word on a daily basis. So we'll be in 1 Kings 18. Let me give you a little background. This is a time in Israel where Elijah was the prophet of God. So basically, what does that mean? His job is to communicate on God's behalf. The ruling king, Ahab, uh, did not follow God. He followed this false God named Baal. And so because Ahab didn't follow God, all of Israel also started following this false God named Baal. And uh, Elijah basically just got annoyed. He's like, I am tired of this, this false worship. He's like, we're going to have a competition. Anybody like competitions? Oh, I love competitions. I'm horrible. I can make a competition out of everything. We're throwing trash away. And I'm like, oh, I bet I can make it from here. And then I have my wife so annoyed with it. If I miss, I'll like, hey, throw me that trash back so I can shoot again and try to make it. I'll make anything into a competition. And so that's what Elijah does. He takes the 450 prophets of Baal. That's how many prophets they have. And he says, hey, let's see which of us can rain down fire from heaven. Which God will rain down fire from heaven? Your God of Baal or the one true God that I follow? And so they're like, game on, let's do it. And so they go up to this mountain. Everybody, all of Israel gathers around. It's like a little pay-per-view event. So they all gather around. And they said, hey, hey, uh, prophets of Baal, you can go first. And they start chanting and screaming and yelling and dancing all day long. They're dancing. Nothing. Nothing happens. Elijah actually starts to mock them, which is hilarious. You can read about it. And so they go on and on. They're exhausted. They're done. And Elijah kind of, y'all done acting ridiculous? Okay, cool. He walks up, rebuilds the altar they destroyed from all of their ridiculous dancing. He says, God, show them your glory. And then boom, right then, fire of the Lord fell down from heaven, burned up the sacrifices, the wood, the stones, the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. 
Fire falls from heaven. Take that, you false God, because you're not God. There is only one true God. If someone says the Bible is boring, we're not reading the same book. Because last I checked, fire falling from heaven is pretty awesome. And so they see the fire come down. Everybody's like, you are God. They start to proclaim this in verse 39, the, second, the next verse here. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried out, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Quick side note. Miracles of God. Anytime you see miracles in scripture, they always bring glory back to God. When miracles happen, the instant thing that happens is glory goes right back to the Lord. And so that's a little side note. They seize all 450 prophets of Baal and they kill them. Old Testament. Yet they had this huge moment, right? That, that they realized that Israel is the, you know, that we need to follow Elijah's God. This is who we need to follow. We're done with Baal. But not everybody's convinced. And we see actually in the beginning of the next chapter, chapter 19, Jezebel, who is the wife of the king named Ahab. So remember, Ahab did not follow God. He followed the false God. And so same with Jezebel. And now she's pretty ticked because Elijah just killed off all of her prophets. And so she sent a message to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely. And by this time tomorrow, I do not make your life like one of them, them being the prophets that just got killed. So Elijah receives this threat. And even after this incredible victory where fire falls from heaven, Elijah is terrified. It says this, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Now, when I say he ran, like it wasn't like, hey, I'm just going to like run around the block or like to the mailbox and back. Because that's about all the running I like to do, to be honest with you. He ran 200 miles south into a cave by himself. He gets this threat. He takes off 200 miles south. He ends up in a cave by himself crying out to God. You know what I noticed here is that after the really big highs that we have in our life, I feel like we're vulnerable to the lows. Right, he had this incredible moment where he saw God move in power, yet this one threat tips him over the edge where he's 200 miles south in a cave by himself crying out to God saying, I'm the only prophet left. Can I show you something though? What's incredible is that God meets him in his low. Let me tell you, God is with you in the highs. He's with you in the highs. When everything's going good and work is good and marriage is good and kids are good, right? Finances are good and you're just feeling blessed by God. Man, praise God, he's with you in the highs. But he's also with you in the lows. When you feel alone and you feel like no one else is there and you don't know who's there, can I tell you, God is with you. Praise God. He's not just with us in the highs, but he meets us in the lows, amen? And so he cries out in a cave 200 miles south by himself to God, and God answers. Check this out. He said, anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. Basically, let's replace King Ahab. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel-Maholam to secede you as prophet. So Elijah, with a J, cries out for help. And God sends him Elijah. 
He says, go anoint him as your next prophet. He sends help. Sends him a companion, a friend, someone for him to mentor, to be the next prophet. And so even though Elijah was now just offered this help, he's actually at a crossroads. Because now it's on Elijah, with a J, to decide, do I want the help or do I want to stay in isolation? And you may be thinking, okay, well, that's, that's obvious. One, it's in the Bible, so he's going to accept the help. And two, it's so obvious. He's alone. He's in a cave by himself. Yeah, go accept the help. Go find Elijah. Well, can I tell you today, I feel like some of y'all are in a spot that you're struggling. You're, you have pain, and you're saying, no one's there to help me. I feel all alone. Yeah, when people ask you for help, if you need help, you're turning it down. They see what's going on, and you have a friend that comes to you and says, hey, man, I, I've been through this situation. You want me? Let's meet up. Let me talk about it. Oh, no, no, I'm good. They see you're starting to struggle with finances and, and the budgeting, and, man, you had some unexpected expenses, and you got a buddy that's, that's been through that, and they're like, hey, let me come help you. I can, I can help you work through this. Oh, no, 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 we got it. It's like we got a flat tire on the side of the road, and we don't got the spare, and people are driving by asking to help us, and we say, no, 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 I got it. We'll figure it out. It's obvious, but we turn down the help. People invited you to their life group. It's a marriage life group. Hey, man, come. We just, we talk about it. I know y'all been having some difficulties. Come, man. Come as you are. We can be praying for you, help you learn this marriage. We're going to learn from God's word. Come on, let's do it. Oh, no, we're busy. And if you feel in that way, don't, don't, don't take it personally. Society promotes this, right? Lone wolf mindset. I can do it on my own. I don't need any help, especially with men, man. I, I, I don't need any help. I got this. And that, that's healthy, right? Men are called to be the man of their, their family and their marriage and take care of their kids and finances. That, that's what they're called to be. But it's also okay at times to ask for help. You don't have to do this on your own. And let me say this, okay? Don't let pride keep you from accepting help. Don't let pride keep you from accepting help. You may feel alone. You feel like, Carl, if I'm honest with you, every time I ask for help, I feel I get burned. Hear me. You're not alone at this church. You're not alone at this church. Amen? Amen. You're not alone. We're here for you. Man, you need prayer after service today at all of our campuses. We're going to have prayer partners. They'd love to talk to you and pray for you. You need community? We got life groups you can join today. We got volunteer teams. Man, they will take you today. We want you to be part of our community. Don't let pride keep you from accepting help. Okay, I got to keep moving. The next section in my Bible goes from Elijah in the cave, 200 miles south, crying out to God. He says, hey, go anoint Elisha, the next prophet. And then the next section is labeled this. The call of Elijah. So Elijah, with a J, humbled himself and accepted the help. He accepted the role of mentoring. And can I tell you, older, wiser people at church today, online today, as my dad would say, been around the block, find somebody to mentor. Don't hold back your wisdom 
Now I get it. The next generation, they're always painted as self-centered, entitled. All they do is get on TikTok and complain about things and never make eye contact. And I get it, okay? And honestly, sometimes it's, it's pretty accurate. But that's not everybody. And I'm telling you, now more than ever, we are in desperate need of godly men and women to show the way to take what they've learned and say, this is what it means to be a man of God. This is what it means to be a woman of God. When society is saying this, we have men and women that say, this is what God's word says. This is what it's taught me. Now more than ever, we need it. Let me show you this, 2 Timothy 2, 2. This is Paul to Timothy. Um, And Paul mentored Timothy and he says this to Timothy. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to what? Teach others. Okay, so Paul's saying, hey, Timothy, what I've taught you, teach it to other people, and so they will then teach it to other people. Take what you've learned and share it. Don't hold on to it. Share what you've learned. And you, you know how this is, man. What a blessing this can be if you've had a mentor, if you've had someone that's been through where you're at currently in life and kind of showed you the way, showed you how to get through it and and learning from their mistakes. It's a blessing, man. It's a blessing. And uh, for me personally, growing up here at New Hope Church, um, I've been blessed with an incredible mentor. My first event I ever went to was Revive Weekend at here at New Hope Church. This event we have in February. This is a picture of me at Revive Weekend. This is me in high school, my junior year. We're doing some chant. Obviously, our timing was horrendous. Um, <clears throat> we thought we were cool, though. We thought we were really cool. Uh, but this event changed my life. Uh, I found the Lord, and uh, at that event, I met Pastor B, who was on staff for many years, years here uh, before recently moving on. And he invited me to his Bible study at his house. And y'all, I knew nothing. I knew nothing. Like, you know how in Bible, like John three sixteen, chapter 3, verse 16, like, I didn't have an idea what any of that stuff was. Verses, chapters, no idea. But he met me where I was, and he showed me how to follow Jesus. And after a little while, I asked him, I said, hey, B, uh, let's meet up. I want to learn more. Can we meet up once a week? He says, yeah, we can do that. Um, 6 a.m. at Chick-fil-A. I'm like, oh my gosh, why? I mean, it's Chick-fil-A, it's great, but... And I'll never forget it. He said, because everybody's free, it just depends on how much you want it. And so for two years straight, we'd meet before I'd go to school, my junior and senior year of high school, and he taught me how to follow Jesus, how to be a man of God. And he gave me my first opportunity to teach this blurry photo of me, This is me in the fifth grade room at our 288 campus. It was not a good sermon. Okay, let me tell you. I'm glad there's not video of it. (laughs) Not a good sermon. But he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. He took me from a young high school kid that was lost and helped me become the man I am today because of mentoring. When I graduated and I felt the call to go into ministry, I started working here at the church. Man, he took me everywhere. You name it. I was there. Funerals, weddings, school events, parent meetings. I went. He was setting the example for me and showing me how to be a pastor. 
I want to tell you today, at every campus, online today, you can be that for somebody else. And there is somebody in your life that God has placed that you can mentor at your home, at your job, here at church. There is somebody that if we pray about it, we ask God, he's going to give you somebody that you can show the way to. All you're doing is teaching them what God has already taught you. That's all mentoring is. Teach them what God has already shown you. So Elijah, with a J, goes and finds Elisha. And we see this in 1 Kings 19. This is the call of Elijah. Okay, so Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Okay, so interesting. It gives us a little backstory here. One pair of oxen, one pair of oxen would be enough for like a family to take care of themselves on land and kind of make a living. So having 12 sets of oxen shows a few things about Elijah. Elisha. One, he had a lot of land because he had 12 sets of oxen. That means he was plowing a lot of land. And two, he was plowing the 12th pair. So that means he had 11 others working for him, plowing the land at the same time. So he had a large, successful business. And then all of a sudden, Elijah, the prophet of God, shows up and throws his cloak around him. <laughs> Basically, culturally, that means you're going to be the next me. God is now calling you to be the next prophet. Now, hear me on this. He didn't just leave his business, right, his very successful business. He didn't just leave his business, let maybe his foreman run it, uh, keep majority ownership, give a dividend payment quarterly, right, something like that. No, no, no. Check this, verse 21. So Elijah left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them, and then he what? burned the plowing equipment and cooked the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. So he took his livelihood, everything that he had built for his company, he slaughtered the animals, had a big July 4th barbecue of oxen, and then he burnt the plow. He burned it all and became a what? A servant. He said, it doesn't matter who I was before this call. The old is gone and the new is here. My old life is gone. It doesn't matter how successful I might have been. I have now received a new calling on my life, and I follow the new life I have. Can I tell you, I believe some of you today, you're struggling because you're trying to take your old way of life and fit it into your new life in Christ. Your old habits, your old friends, your old way of living, and you're trying to take that and cookie cutter fit it into this now salvation you have with Jesus. That's not how it works. It says when we accept Jesus, who we used to be is gone. The old is gone and the new is here. We have that moment when we humble ourselves before our God and said, you are the Lord. You are the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father except through him. The old is gone and the new is here. Check this out. I love this. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any was in Christ, the new creation has come. The what? The old has gone and the new is here. Thank you, Jesus. We're not defined by our past. Thank you, Jesus, when we accept him. We're not defined by our old way of living, but that we can walk in our new life in Christ. It's time to burn the plow 
leave it and walk in the freedom that Jesus has gives. It says for the, where there's freedom, the spirit has set us free. Let us walk in that freedom. When the world demands pride, we walk in humility because the old is gone and the new is here. Now, in 1 Kings 19, where we just read about this, right? He had this incredible calling. He burnt the plow. He had his 4th of July oxen barbecue. Never had that. Probably pretty good. I don't know. That's the last we hear of Elisha until 2 Kings 2. So there's this gap from 1 Kings 19 to 2 Kings 2. That's the next time we hear from Elisha. So when, in 1 Kings 19, he has this big moment, right? He's called to be God's prophet. You know, he has this incredible moment where he gets the told and he burns the plow and he's following after. He becomes a servant. But then we don't hear from him. Then we don't hear from him. And the temptation, I believe, is to say, wait, 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 wait. Wasn't I just anointed to be the next prophet? God's prophet? Look at all that I've sacrificed. Why am I not doing what I was called to do? See, because pride can make us think that we're ready right away. Pride can make us think, when I want it, God give it to me. Because I'm ready. I'm ready for that promotion. I'm ready for this next thing that I believe I'm prepped for. So God, go ahead and bring it my way. I'm ready. Here's the truth, church. Godly humility demands training. Elisha sat under the training of Elijah. He learned from his mentor. This training was removing the pride that would have been Elisha's downfall. And I want you to know something. I say the word training and not waiting. See, because I think sometimes we can believe the lie that, man, I'm just stagnant. I'm just waiting on God and I'm just here. I'm just waiting, treading water until God moves again. No, that's not how our God works. He's always working in your life. If you have breath, then God's training you for something. He's training you for what's next. You may not be where you want to be, but he's training you in this moment for what he wants for you. The thing for us, though, is we have to be humble enough to embrace the training. And remember that we must choose humility over pride. See, pride says, I don't need training. I don't need a mentor. I got it. I can do it myself. Pride says, I I would love a mentor, but there's just no one to mentor me. Can I tell you, I'm tired of hearing that from young people. Come on. You know what humility says? There's somebody in your life that can pour into you. Just like I just said, there's somebody in your life, if you're older and wiser and love the Lord, that you can be mentoring. If you're younger, there is somebody in your life that can be mentoring you. Your coworker, your neighbor, your life group leader, maybe even your boss. A godly man, a godly woman that has been through your stage in life. That's what you're looking for. Your stage in life, they've walked through it. Right? Maybe it's the teenage years of, of having that and that's stressful and all these emotions. And go find someone that loves the Lord that's had teenagers. Right? Maybe you're just starting your job in this career and you not really know where to go with it. Find someone that's been in that spot that loves the Lord that can help you walk through it. 
And the thing is, I, I think sometimes we think, well, God's just going to send me the perfect mentor. So I'm just going to sit in my office with my hands open and say, God, let the perfect person just walk through the door and say, I'm going to be your mentor for the next 20 years. I mean, that would be cool, but that's probably not going to happen. We got to pray about it, let God put someone on our mind, and then we go ask them. But don't be weird. Okay, don't be like, hey, can you be my mentor for the next 45 years? And we're going to meet once a week. And even when you're on vacation, we're going to have a Zoom call. Like, no, don't, don't do that, right? Like, simply say this, hey, and you love Jesus. You're a man of God. You've been through where I'm at. I'd love to buy you some coffee, and I just want to learn from you. That's it. And if they say yes, here's my coaching point, okay? Show up on time, be humble, and learn. Show up on time, be humble, and learn. And God will do more in that time than you ever thought possible. So ultimately, why do we mentor? Why do we do it? Why, why am I challenging the older to mentor the, the younger? And, and why is the, the younger asking to go find someone that's older to mentor them? Why is Elijah mentoring Elijah? Why? Why? Because of this. Mentoring builds something bigger than yourself. See, take Elijah. It, it's not just about him anymore. He's not alone. He's now equipping the next generation to take over. He's training Elijah to accomplish where he's going to leave off. And so what it does is when Elijah mentors Elijah, it multiplies the effectiveness. That's what mentoring does. You can do more through mentoring than you can on your own. It multiplies what we can do. I saw this firsthand. Uh, growing up, we had a demolition company. That's my family. And so I loved it, you know, as a boy. I mean, what's cooler than seeing things blown up, torn down, shredded to pieces? I mean, it's like, yeah, you know, I loved it. Um, I, I got to play on all the different equipment all the time. Here's actually a picture of me on an excavator back in the day, <laughs> living my best life, loved it. Um, shout out to my mom for finding it. It was not easy to find this photo. But, you know, when I was younger, I would just go to these job sites and see them tearing down stuff. And I just thought it was just chaos. And I loved it. You know, just things falling and everything's going crazy. And when I got older, I started to realize that what looks chaotic is actually done with absolute precision. There's a plan and a purpose to everything they do. And when I was in high school, I would travel around with my dad and we'd do that every summer. And we one time went from a refinery, tearing down a refinery in Baytown where my dad got out and he talked to the, the foreman's there, the supervisor, made sure everything was going good. And we got back in the truck, drove to downtown where we were tearing down an old hospital, got out, checked with the team there, made sure everything was going good, checked with the supervisor. And then we drove to a crushing plant, which takes all the material from these demolition jobs and crushes it up and then sells it, got out, checked on everything, make sure everything's good, running smoothly. And then we went home. And he looked at me and said, Carl, how is that possible? I was like, I don't know. He said, the only way it's possible, Carl, is through mentoring. I had to multiply myself. I had to do more than what I could do on my own. And the only way we could do that was through mentoring. See, it actually started with my grandpa. My grandpa uh, taught my dad and my three uncles how to run a business, how to not cut corners, how to work your tail off, how to do the right thing. And then they took that and trade their superintendents, how to not cut corners, 
how to be a man of integrity, how to do the right thing, how to work hard. And the superintendents would then change the supervisors, how to not cut corners, how to be a man of integrity, how to do the right thing. And the supervisors to the foreman, right? All the way down the line. And if mentoring stopped at any point, the project would be at risk and shoot, lives would be in danger. See, because it wasn't just about giving, but it was also about receiving. Give and receive mentoring. Why? Because mentoring builds something bigger than yourself and help them make a very successful company. And if it works in business, how much more in the kingdom of God? Taking what he's taught us and passing it on to the next generation. We can't let excuses, I'm too busy, X, Y, Z, keep us from calling what Jesus called us to do, which is take what we've learned and pass it down. Take what God has shown us and pass it to the next generation to be as effective as we can in the short time we're here on earth. And that's where Elisha was. He was in training with Elijah. He was in this time of training. And then we see in 2 Kings 2, right? That's the next time we hear from Elijah. That Elijah, with a J, is about to be taken to heaven. Taken, not die. Uh, because a chariot of fire with flaming horses is about to come down and pick him up. Again, the Bible is not boring. And so, swing low, sweet chariot. You know the song. Yeah, that's where we get it from. Biblical. And so, before he leaves, he asked Elijah this question. Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha replies, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. This on the surface seems really prideful, right? Like, okay, one portion is enough. Calm down, dude. Like, it's not CC's here, okay? You can't just get as much as you want, okay? <clears throat> but he's not actually, he's not referencing that. He's saying, and it's, it's a reference to the Old Testament law in Deuteronomy, where the firstborn son would receive a double portion, a double blessing from his father. A blessing for being his child, and then also a blessing for continuing on the legacy of his father. And so what Elijah is asking to do is to continue on the legacy that Elijah has started. Elijah replies saying, hey, this is pretty difficult. You've asked for a difficult thing. Basically, I can't give it to you, but if you see me when I'm taken to heaven from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. He doesn't have to wait very long because in the very next verse, as they were walking along, talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared, separated the two of them. Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elijah, what? Saw this and cried out. So he saw him taken to heaven. So he was able to continue the ministry where his mentor left off. And it's crazy. I, want you, I would love for you to go read it from 2 Kings 2. From that moment forward, he continues on as the prophet of God right where his mentor left off. So what marked these men? What marks Elijah and Elisha? Well, they chose humility over pride. The humility of Elijah to accept help, to not do it on his own anymore, and accept the role of mentoring. And Elijah to accept this training that he was going to receive and learn from Elijah. 
Elijah was used to raise up the next generation, to take from where he left off and continue forward. I want to show you one more picture as we wrap up. This is me and Pastor Colin and Pastor B. Don't mind Mark. He's our safety director in the background. He's being very creepy. Um, <laughs> this is at a Revive Weekend years back. And what's cool about this photo, okay, is that Pastor B mentored both me and Colin in high school. He trained us, even though we didn't deserve it. He trained me how to run the 28 high school ministry. And he trained Colin how to run the 28 junior high ministry. And as B transitioned out of the high school ministry, I took over that and then Colin took over junior high. And then a little later on, as B transitioned out of the student ministry, he trained me how to run the student ministry and Colin to run the high school ministry. And now me and Colin get the opportunity to train up these young guys, these young pastors that we have in the same way that we were, even though sometimes they want me to pull my hair out. The power of mentoring, take what you've learned and share it continue it on. It doesn't stop with me. I got to take what God has shown me, what B has taught me, what, the, what godly men have shown me, and I got to pass it to the next generation. That's the power of mentoring. And I want you to know today, church, that we can have mentoring. We can do everything we've talked about today because of the example that Jesus has shown us. He's our ultimate mentor, right? He set the example where he came down from heaven, humbled himself, died the death that we deserved so that we could have life. And so that we can learn from him what it means to be a man of God, learn to be a woman of God. We can learn from his word when we accept him as our Lord and Savior. We can walk in humility. Thank you, Jesus, for setting the example for us. Will you stand with me, church? Like we said earlier, um, if you need prayer for anything, you want to talk to somebody, come down to the front. We're going to have prayer partners. They'd love to talk with you. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you, God, for the opportunity of learning from your word. Jesus, thank you, Lord, for what today represents. I pray for blessings over our country, that we can be a country that follows you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for blessings over the families, the men and women in this room. Let us lead, let us follow your word, Lord, no matter what culture brings. Let us be men and women of God who walk in humility. We thank you, Jesus. Praise your name, everybody said, amen. God bless, have a great one. See y'all. If you enjoyed the podcast, we encourage you to follow, share it with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.